Darkness came first, and darkness is the one constant that will always remain. So why not make it part of our healing journey? Join Elise Wells and me, Leandra Witchwood, as we talk about the path of the light and shadow worker. I'm Leandra Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen Podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. Welcome back, everyone. We are here in season two of the Magic Kitchen podcast. I'm Leandra Witchwood, and welcome back. And I'm Elise Wells. Yes. I'm so happy to be back with everyone here. This season, we're going to kick it off with shadow work. I know this is like a huge buzzword right now. And I was actually a little surprised to hear shadow work be so prevalent right now and such a big thing right now because we we're coming out of that era era of everything's light work right <laughs> i started shadow work probably 25 years ago more than 25 years ago and i was fortunate to have a teacher in my 20s when i was learning the path when i was studying ceremonial magic and working with this incredible woman who really dug deep and she didn't call it shadow work at the time she called it being accountable and owning your shit. <laughs> so <laughs> hearing it, you know, actually have a name and, you know, having an identity is important because this is such important work for your journey um, to to own your shit, to know the part you play in your own misery and in your own healing. Um, the idea of using love and light to cure everything, it, it's not working for us. And we see that it's not working. And I always knew that there was more to the healing process, knew there was more to the self-development the self development process, and it requires us to go deep. And I always imagine it like those deep waters that you are wading in. They're really calm and still. And if you sink down below, you can hear yourself. You can hear your heartbeat, your breathing. Um, and of course, it's metaphorical. We're not going to submerge ourselves underwater and try to breathe. <laughs> so <laughs> the way I look at it is light takes energy. You have to ignite something. Light consumes. You have to be on all the time to be strictly a light worker. Where darkness just is. It just exists. And it is everything. It is the universe. It is the backdrop where everything is created. It is the sacred womb where life is gestated and created. So when we only focus on one aspect of the path, which is, you know, currently, recently, and um, <laughs> repeatedly light work, we forget the other half of the path that's just as important, which is the darkness, which is darkness is all things. And 
it was one of those moments where I'm sitting there, I'm teaching my classes on claiming the shadow and I'm getting into the work with my coven on shadow work. And I had that like, well, duh moment. Of course, darkness is always there. Of course, the shadow worker (laughs) has to be a thing. And the light working part of us has to work in tandem with the dark. So doing your shadow work is incredibly important. And I think we all have some sort of relation to it. We have some sort of history with it as witches. And the method I teach goes beyond the Jungian shadow work. We are probably most familiar with that if we've ever taken any psychology courses or read any books by him or any of his content. And he did coin the term shadow work. But truthfully, our ancestors have been doing shadow work since we realized that we were complex beings and we had elements within ourselves that maybe were shameful or we thought were shameful or um, unaccepted and we had to hide away from the world. And when we do that, that's when we create these little beasties that become uh, shadow demons in a sense. And that little epiphany moment (laughs) really kind of sparked me to do this, um, whole segment on shadow work and i roped elise into it (laughs) so elise what's your experience with shadow work (laughs) happy to be here um i like how you brought up that shadow work though with that term does come from the Jungian background it is something that is deeply rooted in the human experience the tribal experience um the rites of passage often and I'm, i'm thinking of like multiple uh different mythological frameworks here. Like we've got Orpheus, we've got Heracles going down in Greek mythology, in Roman mythology as well. And we've got the shadow that consumes uh, the seven sisters in African mythologies. So it's not something exclusive to any one culture. And it's not something that we should neglect in the human experience because facing the darkness the unavoidable darkness and that's not a scary thing it makes me think too of the experiences we have that light work can't help us with like like you said it's not working Mm -hmm. so when we have the shadow that we're confronted with whether that's you know, something your light work is working for you most of the time except when you're alone or maybe Mm -hmm. your light work (laughs) is working because you decide it's working and that's like a form of repression for you so the shadow is something that will come back it will come up and it's always behind you and i'm a firm believer that you need to turn face it and walk towards it to move through it in fact we're on the peak of dune coming out (laughs) and uh the new film and i absolutely love that book as we know any dune fans fear is the mind killer we have to allow fear to move through us and over us so that only we remain. And that's what shadow work is to me. Face it so you can build up. Yeah, absolutely. So this next section, we're going to talk about what a light worker is. And typically what we think of as a light worker are the white witches, the love and light um, uses of magic. And it seems pretty simple, right? And of course, there's more to it. 
there are undertones and overtones of this type of healing work. Um, I'm a Utsui Reiki master, and I was taught that Reiki code that you live it and you um, embody it in everything you do. But I also saw mirror reflections of Christianity in that and how we're taught to fully give of, of ourselves, how we're taught to always be in service. And that really never sat with me right because that completely dismisses the need for self-care. We have to be completely subservient to the needs of others. And it depicts darkness as being evil or bad, as something we should avoid at all costs. And in each of these practices, when we think of you know the love and light in either the Christian view or even the Utsui view, they're not they're they're not meant to be um, bad for us. But the way we take it, that the extremes we tend to take things, it really does damage ourselves because we forget that. You know, yeah, somebody needs our help with something, but that doesn't mean that their needs need to come before our needs. And when we need to heal ourselves, that needs to come first before we start healing other people. That's always been my view. You need to start working on yourself before you start working on other people. That doesn't mean you have to be 100% healed, but when we're hiding behind that veil of love and light and we're not addressing the things that we react to, the emotions that cause us to react and then cause us to trigger ourselves into downward spirals, then we're not addressing the basic needs of who we are, our path, our journey, and the lessons we need to learn. Yeah, I think a lot of the reason that many of us come to the pagan path or the craft, um, however you identify your your spirituality as which, your at least for me, and I'm, I know a lot of people who feel this way, we have more of an interest in balance. We don't see good and evil inherent in things. Um, and we also have a respect for ourselves. There's a lot, like you mentioned, in Christianity, um, in uh, many Abrahamic paths, that you have a higher purpose to a higher good, that you are just one little grain of and you're working for you know sufferance is uh, part of this life so that you can have a reward later whereas in the pagan path the craft we feel more that yourself matters you you matter you're now your self-care is important the here and now is important this life is really the only thing we have for sure so making the most of that being the steward of the earth that we can be being a good person to those around us while having self-care is much more important. There's no, we're not waiting for an external reward. It's an internal system for us. And if we don't address ourselves, if we don't take care of ourselves, then we are imbalanced. And the idea that I work with in the coven and in the shadow work course that I teach is you have to find that balance between light and dark. And, you know, some people call themselves gray witches because they find that balance. And, Some people just find it as a balance within their existing path and don't give it a name. And that's fine. We don't have to always label everything. (laughs) Yeah. I am so tired of feeling that pressure. (laughs) Yeah. But and and my my experience in this is when we don't address those darker parts of ourselves, 
then the shame is still there. And it's there. There's yeah. part of us that we still view as bad or harmful or, you know, uh, unacceptable to others. And that really becomes that shadow part of ourselves that overreacts or reacts to certain things. Mm. And what it's doing is trying to get our attention. So if we're ignoring it and just putting a veil of light between us and the truth about ourselves, then we're not we're not healing ourselves. And then we can't fully help others to heal. Yeah. Well said. In this section, let's talk about shadow work, what it is, and the shadow self, and what is a shadow worker. Like I said before, light takes energy. It consumes. It has to have something else supporting it in order for it to shine. So what supports the light? I, In my experience, I look at shadow work and the shadow being the support for the light because without the darkness behind it, it can't shine. And if we have all of these lights on that are trying to outshine each other, all we get is blinding light that no one can see anything. So take that as a, as a metaphor for what happens when we're imbalanced in light work. So Shadow work is that process of reintegration. We're reintegrating and repairing a relationship with ourself. So I mentioned a little bit before about the Jungian shadow. So I'm going to start talking about my experience and how I teach shadow work. The way I teach it, it's more of a shamanic style. So we go deep within. We meet and journey with guides and guardians and messengers. We connect with the tween places. And if you're familiar with um, Celtic paths, the tween places are incredibly important. The, the waterways where the water meets the land, um, dawn, dusk. These are the times of day, the places in the earth where we can connect with the other world. So that's what, what when I teach shadow work, that's what I'm teaching my students. It, it's a process of connecting with those spirit guides, connecting with that tween place and going into meditation, going into trance, going into a lucid dreaming state where you can connect with these guides, connect with these disconnected and um, damaged and angry sometimes parts of yourselves that, that you've just disowned. You've locked it away in a dark corner in a cave somewhere so you didn't have to deal with it because someone somewhere along your line in your life, usually as a child, decided that that part of you was bad or unacceptable. The example I like to give is maybe as a child, you were a little talkative. You were a little too boisterous. And so you learned to quiet yourself. You learned to be quiet and to not voice your opinion, not use your voice to express yourself. That's a power. That's a superpower. And if you've learned to suppress that your entire life, that little superpower is hiding in the shadows trying to get your attention. It is a living, breathing part of you. So the process of shadow work is to create a new relationship with that part of you, to reignite the strength that lies in that. Maybe you were meant to be a powerful speaker in your life. But because you lost the ability to use your voice, you no longer have that superpower. So you have to reconnect with it. And that is what shadow work is in, in my realm of, of working with it. And don't get me wrong. 
Shadow work is hard. If you're doing it and it's easy, you're not doing it right. <laughs> we'll say that. <laughs> if it's if it seems like a breeze to you, there's something you're missing. You're not addressing things deeply enough. Um, I also never recommend anyone to do shadow work by themselves because it's hard, because you need that support. You need somebody to remind you that you are capable that, and to give you a different perspective at times when things get really difficult and you start spiraling downward when those triggers like send you in that downward spiral. And usually what I recommend if anybody's doing shadow work is to find another shadow worker, someone who has gone through it, who knows what they're doing who has a significant amount of experience in working the shadow to help you work your own shadow. And often people view shadow workers as opposite a light worker. I think we're one and the same because we can't work the light if we never work the shadow. And I know some people will, you know, raise their hands and go, Oh my God, how dare you? <laughs> I work the light all the time and I'm perfect at it. Okay, fine. You are. <laughs> If you say so. Um, but to me, in my experience, this is a truth. You cannot work your light if you do not work your shadow because you are just using the light as a screen to mm -hmm. block what really needs to be addressed. And shadow workers tend to have, yeah, they tend to have certain um, skills that help them navigate the terrain of the shadow because it is scary. It is filled with things that we have angered and within ourselves that have been locked away and they're, they're trying desperately to get our attention, but because we've ignored them for so long, there's a relationship that has to be repaired there. I would say that I never thought of it that way until you said it, but I can see why people would see it as opposites to be a light and shadow worker. I see shadow workers as light workers who work with the shadow. If mm -hmm. <laughs> that makes sense, because it right. really this differentiation between the two is bonkers to me. Like it's such a balanced path that we're on that yeah. to differentiate them is like shutting yourself off from half whichever side you're on. If you feel like <laughs> one side's better than the other, you're shutting yourself right. off from the other half of what we have before us as an creating witch wars. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, it's funny you say you should always do shadow work with somebody else because other than you, now that yeah. I know you and I've known you for a while in a couple, I yeah. guess, what, three years now. Yeah. Um, but I did all my shadow work. I started doing my shadow work alone and I've never had the opportunity to have somebody with me when I've done my shadow work. Mm -hmm. That's something that I would like to try. I wish I was physically present to do shadow work with you. I'd love to do reclaiming the shadow. It seems so much fun. Um, fun meaning uh, <laughs> deep and intense, but it's protective. Yeah. <laughs> that's how I have a good time. <laughs> but um, I think that would be amazing. Like I, I definitely would like to try that sometime. I would agree. You do find yourself doing a lot of, downward spiraling that you might not even recognize you. Yep. I, I was, when I was starting my shadow work, it started before I knew it started. And then I started mm. to recognize what was going on. And I walked into that shadow deeper and I learned a lot more. And, but I, I was dissociating for almost 60% of the first two years I was doing my shadow work. And I didn't realize that how deeply I was dissociating things until 
I was starting to come out of it and I was looking back at experiences and I was like, man, yeah, I think, I think I recall that. Like I'd look at a photo on like, you know, those, uh, like Facebook or Instagram, like time hop things where they're like, oh, one year ago today. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's so crazy. I felt like I was watching that from 17 stories up <laughs> as right. that was happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be cool to have somebody, uh, to talk to going through that. <laughs> And it, yeah, so if you're and, listening and you're like, I'm doing it alone and it's going fine. It might not. Be. <laughs> <laughs> really? Is it? <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole cognitive dissonance and the disassociation and the things that our brain is very intelligent and it's yeah. very good at protecting ourselves. So when we're doing shadow work, our ego self will engage and our ego self, its job, it has a very valid job and that is to keep us safe. And how it keeps us safe is to keep us in the status quo. So if it's been working, it's not going to let you buck that system. So it engages these very intelligent ways of getting us to just stay where we are. And, you know, cognitive dissonance and disassociation and all these these psychological terms really start coming into play where we tell ourselves, oh, it's okay for me, but not okay for that person. Somehow we justify that. Or we, you know, just completely, you know, disembody the experience and kind of look at, you know, like 17 stories up, like you said. And all of a sudden you realize like, oh, crap, I was really in the deep there. And I didn't realize I was because I was telling myself these stories that, you know, helped me justify or rectify what was happening. So let's talk about the light versus dark conversation and the issue that I have with love and light all the time. <laughs> I say it jokingly because I, I don't have anything against love and light, but I do have something, a resistance to being one-sided. And we talked a little bit about this in the earlier part of this episode. And when you are only one-sided when it's all love and light all the time, you're really not doing any profound healing. You're putting on a mask. And ironically, when I do shadow work with my coven, we create these masks of our former self that we burn at Samhain. So that's coming up. I'm so excited. Oh, <laughs> I love this awesome. part of the of the process. Yeah, that whole rectifying everything and like taking that piece of you that you – thought you were and then burning that away and become you know shedding that skin and becoming somebody new and engaging in new ways to be so when i think of a healer i think of somebody who's balanced not you don't have to be fully healed like i said but somebody who's balanced who recognizes their flowers from their shit <laughs> who can dig deep and realize oh yes i'm sorry i did that let me work on fixing that or, you know, recognizing their trespasses against other people in another sense. And recognizing where they're really good at things. So this is not something you just do. It's something you work at every single day. And when we put on that love and light armor, we're not allowing ourselves to really look deep at ourselves. We're not allowing our path, either even our mistakes, to teach us. And that's what 
being a healer is about. It's about learning. You're always learning. And it's about taking that self-care. And to me, shadow work is the ultimate self-care because you are digging in the trenches and you're discovering the things that you didn't realize were an issue for you still. And I'll be honest, like finding somebody's shadow is not hard. And we have a little kind of a teasing saying that we say to each other in the coven and we'll look at each other to be when we're being honest with each other, which is one thing that I really um, promote in the coven. And, you know, we'll look at each other and go, your shadow showing. And that's a little <laughs> message to each of us <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> yeah. where we're recognizing, oh, hey, that's something I know you've been working on and it came up. But did you realize it came up? You know, it's one of those gentle ways of acknowledging that our shadow shows to one another. It is. It's very. Yeah, that's so healthy. Yeah, and that's what it's about. It's so healthy to have that bond that yeah. you can recognize that and help each other that way. <laughs> so when we are trying to help each other through this shadow work, and even when we're outside of shadow work, like we'll still call each other out on things, but gently. And that's where love and light comes in handy: is learning to be gentle with other people and learning to hold space for each other. And when we are constantly engaged in that toxic positivity where we have to bright side everything, we're ignoring the act of needing to be seen and be seen in all of it, all the yucky, dirty stuff. And in my research and in my experience, the bright siding things the making things always a positive spin is really another form of gaslighting because you're not you're denying the pain you're not acknowledging the pain of someone or yourself you're not acknowledging the frustration or the upset you're saying oh well that happened to you but on the bright side you know mm. you know whatever xyz fill in the blank here so i i try to encourage like yeah look on the bright side sure because you have to have something to reach for as far as healing goes. Like you can't stay in the trenches and wallow in the dirt and be okay there. You have to extend your arm up so somebody else can help you t- help you out of the mud. So part of that is like kind of dissolving that toxic positivity where you have to be love and light all the time, deny everything that's bad and dirty and yucky, and really start looking at those difficult lessons. What do they have to teach you? What What is it about the situation that you're so resistant to. Why? What's the feeling? What's the emotion? What What do you get out of it for living here? Um, in In some ways, being because, like you said, shadow work is something you do every single day. And yeah. I think if we had, if I had to say like one definition for the shadow, it's that differentiation between. When you, when you feel like you're doing it correctly, it's when you can actually say, wait, wait, that's my ego. That's my shadow. Yeah. And that's what I think the everyday needs to be. Um, it's so hard. Like my shadow work is very visual. It's like visual yeah. journeys and I have more visual representations for not even visual. It's like mental image. It's like. I have synesthesia, so a lot of what I will do to register my reaction to a situation as toxic or my shadow showing, as you guys would say, 
is like this color I start to, to sure. see in my mind's eye. So being able to stop when that happens, mm-hmm. or obviously it happens too where you do the reaction you shouldn't have or say the thing right. you shouldn't have, and then you look back at it, I still can see it in that color. Yeah. In that in that light, I guess you should say you could say. Right. Um, but where I think having love and light in my background, I think that's where a lot of witches start is with the love and light thing. Yes. It's almost like you crest a hill, recognize mm. shadow work is next, go down into the shadow, and then you kind of come back, and maybe this is the spiral of life coming out again. Yeah. But you you end up shining that light back within. Yes. And it's like the interrogation light that you're using inside you to say, oh, yeah. what is this reaction? Why is yeah. this reaction happening yeah. that way? Why is it so strong? He just asked you if you want more milk in your coffee. Like, right. it, it can be the smallest things that mean the most to us in that shadow work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that empathy that you learn on the path of a light worker, you learn empathy for others that you can turn inwards to yourself. And when you come out of the shadow, you're able to have more empathy for that yes. shadow. Yes. Because you recognize that actually you just are knowing yourself better. Like I think better. I, I have a few friends and it's totally this Mercury retrograde that we're in that yeah. are just like, I don't know. Am I crazy? I said this and it, it came out this way. And I didn't mean it. And I was like, well, you know, what did you want to say? And sometimes they're like, oh, I don't really know. And mm. I'm like, you got to go do your shadow work, girl, because <laughs> what do you want? You know, it's like that scene in the notebook. He's like, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> like, you need to know. And the shadow what do you want? Knows. What are you trying to say? <laughs> it does. And the, and the like I said, the sh- so shadow work, when I'm working with it, it's about us figuring out the pattern. So what's the pattern you're seeing? Um, uh, you I'll use money as a really good example because a lot of people struggle with this, especially in the pagan community. Like money seems to be something that pagans can't grasp or can't hold on to. It's always an issue. So the pattern is not having enough money, right? So what I have my students do is look at the pattern and then look at a feeling that's associated with that pattern and then look at the need that is associated with that feeling. So the pattern is lack of money, which generates the feeling of deprivation, maybe panic. I can't pay my rent. I can't pay my car payment. So what's that need that is associated with that feeling? The need is to have enough money, right? So what is your belief around money that is preventing you from fulfilling that need? And maybe, I'm sure it applies to a lot of people, the idea that money is bad, money is evil, money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. Where did we get that one, right? (laughs) Um, People with money are greedy, they're selfish, they're, they're immoral, that sort of thing. So when we start identifying that belief... Then we can address it in our shadow. We start realizing, oh, well, maybe money isn't that bad. Maybe it's not money that's the issue. Maybe it's the person holding the money that's the issue. So if I can be a better person while I hold the money and allow money to flow to me and feel like I'm deserving of it, then I can be a better – if I can be a better person, then I can fill my cup, let it overflow, and then I can give the overflow to people who also need it. And teach maybe teach them how to be more prosperous and be better people while being financially prosperous. 
So there's there, you can enter a big old rabbit hole that generates love and light through the shadow. Yeah. It's and maybe that's the spiral dance we all complete within ourselves. Absolutely. So join us next time as we continue our discussion on shadow work and what is a shadow witch? Mary meet, Mary part, and, and Mary meet, meet again. again. Thank you for joining us on the Magic Kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com, for news, information, and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at seekingnumina.com and on Facebook and Instagram at seekingnumina. That is seeking, N-U-M-I-N-A. Join me as I immerse you in sacred experience through history, meditation, and ambient sounds as we connect to the spirit of place from anywhere on the globe.